y'all. Welcome back to the Confessions of a Crappy Christian Podcast, a place where you and all of your crap are not just welcome, you're wanted. I'm your host, Blake Gishay, and every week I'm showing up with a new friend to talk about the things we're really great at, the ways Christ fills in the gaps on the things that we're not, and how he has been faithful to make his power perfect in our weaknesses. My hope is that you walk away feeling empowered and not alone in your struggles, and that people sharing their stories pushes you to share yours. All right, let's do this. All right, friends, I am so pumped to introduce you to today's guest. Angela is a wife. She's a mom of seven. Yes, seven. Uh, She is a incredible YouTuber. She's super fun on Instagram and she's kind of a badass. She is a doer of all of the things. So there's a chance you know who she is. She's kind of a big deal on YouTube, but we met in a tiny Airbnb in Los Angeles at this year's Rise Conference. We were roommates with two other people that we just so happened to randomly end up in the same condo and her wit and her snark instantly drew me in. And I knew I had to have her on the podcast. So, after the longest intro ever, hello, my friend. Oh, hi. Thank you for that super sweet intro. I, <laughs> it's always fun to hear other people talk about you. Because right? <laughs> it does, it's not as conceited if you're like, well, listen, I'm doing all of this when someone else says it for yes, you. I do no, all of the kidding. things. <laughs> but it's true. I really don't. I really don't. And that's the sad part is they're like, she does this and she does that. And I'm like, oh, I do that really badly. Oh, I'm not Shut very good at that. Your oh, no. mouth. oh my gosh. Nope. Not up in here. We're not doing that up in here because you are. You're so good at what you do. And I'm so pumped to have you to, here to talk about like social media in our lives yeah. as moms. Because I mean, social media is in essence your job, right? Yes. Yep. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about like you're, you have a YouTube channel and now you yeah. have a second YouTube channel. Yeah. I actually technically three. speaking have three. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it really started out a couple of years ago as me just making beauty tip videos for busy moms. And as I was creating those videos, people would notice my family in the background and they would ask questions like, wait a second, <laughs> something, doesn't, interesting. something doesn't match here. <laughs> um, and so they would ask a lot of questions about our kids and our adoptions. Um, then they found out I homeschool and they wanted to know all about that. So I really just started very naturally and organically sharing all of the different facets of my life and um, found that. People were really interested in understanding our family dynamic and learning more about adoption and big families and all of that. So that's kind of the direction, you know, my channel has taken. It's sort of like what I call like a lifestyle family channel. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't necessarily just make one particular type of video, but um, yeah, it's really fun. I mean, that's, it's sort of, it it definitely has become my job. Mm -hmm. And um, then I created a second channel that was specific to homeschooling because I found that those, those people who wanted that content wanted a very specific content. Mm-hmm. And so I created a second channel for that, um, which I've had to actually take a break from because in this season I put too much on my plate and I need to step back. So Proud I haven't you. posted there in a little bit. Thank Proud you. you. It took a lot. I've had to yeah. step back from a few things. Yeah. Um, but I hope to be able to be posting there perhaps after the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have a third channel with my sister called The Sister Show. Which and we have so a fun. sort of... Oh, thanks. It's like a Monday morning 
um, I don't know. It's not really like a talk show, but kind of. Kind of, every, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like every Monday morning at 8 a.m. And we just chat about topics that are important to us as women and mothers. Um, anything from, we talked about the mommy wine culture. We talked about, mm-hmm. like this week's episode, we talked about kid shaming. Mm-hmm. Um, we've just talked about all kinds of different um, things. Social media comparison. Mm-hmm. You know, we just tackle all of those things in a way that sisters can because we can really just... Um, say anything to each other you know and y'all do it I've found so like a little fun fact about me I do not watch anybody's YouTube videos except for yours like I'm just not oh, like thanks. I'm not People in that world into you. yeah they're either into it or they're not it's right. definitely not for everybody yeah and it's just not my thing but I do like I have like a little notification pops up on my phone when you post videos and I watch them and the thing that I love about the sister show is that y'all have talked about like some hard-hitting things but it doesn't feel heavy yeah, it's we, like we try still, to keep it light. Yeah, it's still light, but it's also like great content, which I love. So, yeah, you're oh, running thanks. three YouTube channels with your seven children, and your husband CR is like a part of it. Like he's in it with you. Yeah, yep. which is so fun. So, like I said, we were in LA together in April, and I remember when we were there talking about at one point because we just kind of like instantly clicked. Oh, it was kismet. <laughs> it was. We were just instantly like, oh, we just okay, knew. we're friends now. Um, oh, yeah. I remember us talking about the number of, like, DMs and comments that you get between YouTube and Instagram. And I remember being like, oh, my God, that's so stressful. Like, I don't think I could, like, I don't think I could handle that. And and you were talking about the reality is, is that you just can't keep up. Like, you can't keep up with every with like what you have incoming and for me I feel like that would just make me want to like never be on my phone (laughs) but yeah I mean it it sometimes it does get overwhelming but I have learned that um for my own sanity's sake I have to accept that I cannot reply Mm -mm. to every single person and I want to I do my best to respond to as many um dms and comments as I can Um, but I give myself a break when I can't anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, and I hope that most of my followers and subscribers, and I I hate all these words, like (laughs) followers, um, that's, I mean, I'm not Jesus. We're not followers. Right. Exactly. Um, I really hate that, but I don't know, like, I like to call them like my internet friends. Yeah. So most of my like internet friends and family know that I I just simply cannot. And so for the most part, I think people do understand that. Um, when shooting off a message that there might not be a reply. And sometimes I will read messages that say like, I know you're really busy and won't have time to reply to this. I just wanted you to know X. Mm -hmm. And I always appreciate that when people acknowledge that I might not be able to respond to them, but they just needed to say something or tell me something or whatever. Um, Because I do the same thing, like sending a text to a friend saying like, you don't need to respond to this. I just wanted to tell you blah. Right. Um, Because that kind of takes the pressure off of that person from feeling like they have to. Absolutely. Because I am the worst. Ask my friends in real life. Like they will tell you, if you text me, it could be days, it could be weeks. You could never hear from me. I might be dead in a ditch somewhere. You just don't know. (laughs) Um, I'm the worst at responding to emails, text messages, phone calls. It's actually every single year on my list of like resolutions. Uh I'm going to get better at replying to people. I'm just, I'm that person that looks at it, glances at it when my hands are full and then goes, Oh, I'll respond to that later. And I set it down and then it disappears into the abyss. Yep. I'm the same exact way. People pick up my phone and they're like, oh, my God, you have a thousand unread emails, 83 unread text messages. What is your life that stresses me out? And I'm like, I'm sorry. That, no, that absolutely <laughs> stresses me out. But like so going off of that, what are some things that you've put in place 
that does like allow do you put your phone away and like just take time off of it yes I have had to get to a place where I quote unquote lose my phone Mm -hmm. whoops I set it down somewhere I don't know where it is and I have to I have to be intentional because I am here to tell you that our phones have become compulsory. Oh. It's like my husband and I talk about it all the time. The second our brains get bored for even a moment, we immediately grab our phones and start scrolling. Oh, our yeah. brains don't know how to handle the slightest bit of boredom. And we we see it in each other and we call it out in each other when we see it like, mm-hmm. babe, we're in the, and this is the worst. We'll be in the middle of a conversation. It's like, he gets bored with what I'm saying and he just... <laughs> And he just reaches into his pocket and pulls out his phone. And I'm like, hey, a-hole, hey, I'm hey. talking to you. <laughs> I don't care if you're bored. Like you have- <laughs> oh, that's, how, that's how I know I've talked too much. <laughs> He's like, Ugh. Um, Like my friend and I were talking about that the other day about like you roll up to a red light and you naturally yep, grab Whoop. your phone. To, like I do mm-hmm. a, a really good job of not texting and driving. But at a red light, like it is, it's completely like compulsion. I just pick my phone up at every red light. It's Mm -hmm. disgusting. I know. I, it's just, yeah, it's something that I feel like now is it's like habit training. You have to untrain yourself Mm -hmm. now. Um, and that's something that I am working on in my efforts to create more margin in my life is to un, you know, sort of undo the shackle of the phone. Um, because for a long time I hid behind the excuse of like, well, I need my phone with me all the time. Cause what if my kids do something really cute? I want to take a picture of, or right. what if I want to take a video of them doing something? Girl, that's a lie. You yep. just want your phone. Stop yep. it. Yep. Stop it. You just want your phone. Um, you can, if it's a really good moment, it'll be seared into your brain. It'll be like, se- and like you'll <laughs> have actually been present for it rather than photographed it. Oh, I say all the time, like I have a group of girlfriends and we get together pretty much once a week. There's almost never a photograph of it anywhere to be found on the internet. We never pull out our phones because when the five or six of us get together, we are having such a good time and just talking and being present with each other that nobody's like, oh, let's take a picture. Let's, we we have to be like really intentional about remembering to occasionally (laughs) because we just don't because we're enjoying each other. And I really do think that some of the best things happen completely outside of social media. There's never a photo to prove it ever happened. It ever existed. Um, And that's coming from someone who like sharing your life on social media is essentially your job. Oh, yeah. You know, so that's I mean, that's really challenging that because I for sure have told myself the lie of I have my phone on me, like we'll go play outside Oh, I'm going to bring my phone just in case, like, I want to take a picture of them. Like, that's mm-hmm. crap. That's complete yeah. crap. I'm just addicted yeah. to my phone. Yep. That's all it is. I know I, it. And I love the new update with the downtime, the iPhone downtime. Have you seen that? I just want you to know that I just updated my phone this morning and not on purpose. I am that person who refuses <laughs> to do iOS updates because I'm telling you, Oh. Apple has fully admitted that they yes. slow your phone down and they screw you as soon as you update it. So yes. I hold out from updating my phone as long as possible. And I Until must have it accidentally. Just like, it just does it itself. <laughs> well, you know, if you accidentally hit that button, it'll do it overnight while you're sleeping. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, tricky, oh. tricky. Um, and it did that last night. I woke up this morning and I was literally like, no. no! Well, the <laughs> downtime is super okay, cool. Okay, tell me about it. Okay, so you can go into your settings and go to downtime. And I have it set to turn on from 1.30 when I pick my girls up to 7 when they go to bed and you basically can choose what apps it allows and it shuts everything else down. 
Okay. So from I'm one to that. seven, I can access my text messages and my podcasts. And I think my camera, because sometimes well, I yeah. do do cute things. But other than that, I it forced, like, it, it sounds terrible, but it forces me to, like, be present with them. Because it's always an excuse. It's always, oh, let me just check. Because, I mean, I do have a job. Like, let me yeah. just check my email real quick. And then 30 minutes yeah. later, I'm on Instagram, you know? Oh, yeah. So, like, I've been super loving that. And then I also just, like, take Sundays off of social media altogether, usually. I didn't yesterday. But those are the things that, like, I've had to put in place to, like, mm-hmm. social media is not my job, but my phone like yeah, communicating with clients and it's so much mm-hmm. easier to pull out my phone and answer an email than to like pull out my entire laptop. Um, right. But still, I mean, it's a complete, it's a spiral. <laughs> you get caught in this spiral and end up, I mean, there are definitely days where I've been like, mm, I don't know if I interacted with my kids today. Well, you know, I like to joke around that I had seven kids so they could play with each other <laughs> instead of me. Um, but I have seen that there, and maybe it's a part of the downtime that there's a thing that it can show you yes. how you're using your time on your phone. Mm-hmm. That scares me. I yes. don't know that I want to know that. It's kind of like when your bank account tells yeah. you that all your money's going to Starbucks. You're mm-hmm. like, crap. Dang it. Um, it's the same thing. I'm like, now I have to like acknowledge it. it. Like now I have right. to acknowledge that two hours of my phone time was between Instagram and Marco Polo. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, Marco Polo. That one's, whew, that one will suck you in. That is a time suck. It's great. And I love it for, like, actually connecting with people, but it also can turn into, like, being a little unhealthy. Well, yeah. Yeah. You share a lot on your YouTube page about your children. I share a ton about my girls. I think people love mm-hmm. that. I mean, that's in- essentially where your YouTube page started from, like you were saying earlier. Right. People kind of noticing your children in the background. And I know I love following along with your crew. But what are – so what are your feelings on sharing your kids? Yeah, so this is definitely something that is ever changing and I'm always listening to my instincts when it comes to this. Um because, you know, the internet is a scary place mm-hmm. and I can let my anxiety build up a lot about sharing anything at all about myself or my kids or anything like that. But I have chosen to as a woman of faith, um really listen to God's leading because he has used our YouTube channel not to just bless us, but to bless other people. So I um I'm constantly considering what I'm posting. Um if you're not super into YouTube and you don't watch it a lot, then you might not know that, you know, some of the big trends on YouTube over the years have been things bending towards kids. There'll be lots of thumbnails and titles of like kids being rushed to the emergency room and kid falls down and scrapes his knee and the thumbnails like a bloody leg, oh. you know, like, um, or like right now talking about periods and teen girls starting their periods and like that kind of like, that's a really big thing on YouTube right now. So using discernment, honestly, mm-hmm. and making sure that everything I'm posting is something that my kids would be okay with. Mm-hmm. Um, And so as far as it goes, like, you know, thumbnails, titles, things like that, we try to keep things pretty upbeat and happy. We are not trying to create drama where there is none. And y'all aren't aren't clickbaity. No, we keep most of our personal drama off of our channel completely. We Mm -hmm. will share, you know, little things here and there that are big things to us. But we do have a personal side to our lives that doesn't go on the internet at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And included in that specifically is like for our children, um, 
there's a lot of things about our children specifically we do not share. Mm -hmm. Um, We do not talk about our adopted children's backstories. We don't share about their relationships, if they have them or don't have them with birth family. We basically only share about like our journey to adopt them and then having them in our home. Like Mm -hmm. we don't share anything of their, their backstory. That's their story to share if, and when they ever want to. Um, so we, we try to be very careful and respectful, um, in knowing that, you know, there's going to be times too, where like, you know, our older kids are kind of getting to the place where they're like, I don't really want to be filmed right now or something like that. So we, we always respect that. And we ask like, especially if it's something that's kind of funny, like some, something funny happened, maybe someone might get embarrassed by it or something like one time my daughter fell asleep on the couch and then literally fell off of it onto the floor, like dead asleep. (laughs) It was hilarious. We were all laughing. But before I posted the video, I asked her like, listen, are you okay with me posting this? Um, And she said, yes. You know, like Mm -hmm. I ask my kids as Mm -hmm. much as I can. Um, And it's never going to be perfect. I mean, I can't ask my babies. I can't ask my toddlers. Right. Um, But I try my best to use, again, you know, we have some common sense about us and using that in deciding what to post. Um, Our videos are meant to be fun, family um, entertainment, you know, sort of like mom to mom type Mm -hmm. things. And so I just don't go super personal into any of my kids stories or, you know, things like that, if that makes any sense. Um, I just try to keep it surface level. Yeah. I think I had this realization not that long ago, kind of exactly what you just said of that as like, what, will they be okay with this? Because the internet right. kind of lives forever, as far as oh, we know. Oh, it does live forever. <laughs> you know, so it's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. So when Pacey is 12, 13, 14, who even knows what it's going to look like? But I've started having to kind of check myself. Would she be okay with me posting her throwing a fit? Right. Or would she right. be embarrassed by that? You know, and and I think a lot of the time in our attempt at vulnerability and transparency, sometimes we can go a little bit too far. It's like in life, but then also with our kids. And I love what you said about like, it's going to be their story to tell. You know, I think that that's really important to keep at the front of your mind. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head right there. That's something Ash and I talk about a lot is women, we want community, we seek it. We, it's why things like, um, you know, like we talked about before, like the mommy wine culture, like why things like that are so popular is because of women needing and, and desperately seeking that community. And a lot of times, one of the ways we create it is by shaming our kids. Mm-hmm. We post things because we want the camaraderie of like, oh my God, girl, I feel you. My kid has been two handfuls today. We want that, but we're sacrificing our kid on the altar of community. Yes. And so I feel like we have to step back and question our intentions because there is a way to express the difficulties, the challenges to be real without throwing someone under the bus. There's a way to do it. Um, And also, you know, sort of reframing and looking at the things with our kids that are frustrating us. I mean, this is more of like a parenting thing, but truly like understanding that, um, you know, that little person isn't giving you a hard time. They're having a hard time. Right. And remembering that it's not at you, Mm -hmm. like everything they're doing is not at you. Um, because again, we just, we're, we're like, I have those days where I feel like you all hate me. <laughs> you are trying to drive me <laughs> to the brink of insanity. And you are succeeding. And this is a game for you. <laughs> this is a game for you. Um, 
And I have to remind myself that like, no girl, they're not doing that. They are just little sinners just like you. And they are struggling, struggling today. Little people Um, with big feelings. Yes. And just trying to make sense of those. And yeah, I mean, this motherhood stuff, it's not for the faint of heart, but it's also totally within our power and totally or not within our personal power, but like within the women that God created us to be. And you know, with sort of like, you know, when Jesus lives inside you, he bleeds out from all of those cracks and, um, it gives us the power to parent and love and, and help our children, um, grow to be capable, happy, healthy, adjusted people as best as we can. And also I'm a firm believer that just a little bit of dysfunction gives mm. them a little spark. It gives Absolutely. them a little something. You know, makes them a little funny. You know, you need that. You need that. I went, we were talking the other day. I know that my kids are going to end up on a therapist's couch. As long as it's not like 100% because of me, then I'm good. I'm great with that. Listen, I think almost everybody, I mean, everybody, not even almost, everybody could benefit from a little bit of time on a therapist's couch. That's what I mean, 100%. So let's do it. And sure, let's just hope that the whole conversation isn't like, my mother was a train wreck. She ruined my life. Exactly. <laughs> that is the goal. Like, I want them to feel safe and know that therapy is great, but also not have to be there because of me. That's the mom right. goal right there. Right. <laughs> so, like, let's talk about living your life on this public stage. I have kind of walked into this vulnerability social media world, obviously, yeah. like, on a smaller scale. But it's, sometimes it's really not easy like choosing vulnerability in social media. And I've kind of, you know, the whole point behind this podcast is challenging people that we can do hard things. We can share our story, no matter how big your platform is or how small. And you and I have talked in the past about some of the negative things that come your way Mm -hmm. because you are on this platform. What do you feel like has been the hardest part of you and CR's decision to kind of live your life openly? Yeah, I think, you know, I say that it's sort of like you wake up every day and there's a new critic every moment of every day here to tell you how you're parenting wrong, how you're being a wife wrong, um, how you're being a Christian wrong. Like I get told weekly I'm either too Christian or not Christian enough. Oh, my goodness. It's it's almost like kind of one of those things where I'm like, maybe the two of you guys should talk to each other and then you could come to a consensus. <laughs> you could like meet in the exactly middle. I am. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I think for me, there's a lot of things I don't take personally because Mm -hmm. I do, I have learned over the years that, you know, the saying is true, hurt people, hurt people. Mm -hmm. And so there have been times where someone has left a really nasty comment on my YouTube channel and I will respond with like, honey, I don't know what's going on in your life today, but I'm so sorry that you are hurting Mm -hmm. this badly, that you would say something like this to someone you don't even know. I will be praying for you. And sometimes they write back with a middle finger. Yeah. But every once in a while, they'll write back and say, you know, you're right. I'm sorry. This happened to me today and I am just a mess and I'm sorry. I should have taken it out on you. And it makes me realize that like behind these screens are just a bunch of broken people, Mm -hmm. um, that are like the saying goes, you know, like if you don't heal your wounds then you'll bleed all over people who didn't cut you. And Mm -hmm. that's what they're doing. They're, they're bleeding all over people like me who didn't do anything to them, but they see something in me or about me that reminds them of someone, I mean, or often on times yourself, they say that if you don't like somebody, it's because you see something in them that you don't like about yourself, Mm -hmm. which the more I ponder that, I'm like, God, that's so true. It's scary. Um, 
but yeah, I have to remember that most of the time it's not about me and it's mostly about someone else's own issues, but having that, that much of your life critiqued on the daily is a little bit exhausting. Oh my God. Um, because it's just like, you have to, you have to grow a thick skin, but I also have to consistently like remind myself, um, who I am, um, and whose I am, you mm-hmm. know, like as the yeah. saying goes and, um, and remind myself why I'm doing this. Um, and it's not for people to love me and fawn over me all the time and think that I'm great. That's not why. Mm-hmm. So, um, there will always be people who, who don't get it and who are cruel, mm-hmm. but I can't like, I, I'm not gonna let that stop me from sharing this message that I feel like God has for me to share. Absolutely. And I think you, you talk, you touched on why, and I think that that is such a huge part of it. Having conversations with friends that are kind of in this world of sharing their life, when we get off of that why, when we we veer off of I am doing this because God has given me a story to tell or I am doing this because God has given me a voice, when it turns into numbers and likes and mm-hmm. feedback, then the negative stuff hits so much harder. Yep. Because well, I don't have my eyes set where they should be. Right. And it's, it's very easy again. Like I apparently I'm just all about like the, the meme sayings today, (laughs) but, um, I really love that expression. How does it go? Like if you, if you live for people's applause, you'll, you'll die by their criticism. Mm. And it's the, it can be very tempting, you know, when people are saying nice things about you to listen and be like, Oh yeah, I, okay, great. You're saying I'm this. All right. Thanks. But then when they say you're something you don't like, you're like, but wait. Right. So, you know, that those opinions should hold the same weight, which is essentially none. Right. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. I mean, I've, I haven't experienced or encountered a whole ton of negative feedback in kind of like choosing vulnerability, but I, I have gotten the like the eye rolls and the why do you share your life so openly and that kind of stuff. And it's just because people don't get it, which is fine. Right. I, you know, I I understand not getting it, yep. but not understanding something doesn't make it wrong. Right. And I, I will never understand people's inability to just scroll past something they don't like. <laughs> oh I mean, I just, I see things every day, all day that I don't like. And I'm just like, doop, doop, here I Keep go, going. scrolling right on past it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but whatever. Sometimes people feel like they just need to let you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely don't get it either. But on the flip side of that, just from being your friend, I know there's so much good that comes from your platform. Your people freaking yes. love you. Like the few times that you have put things in your stories or posted about something that I've posted, your people come in droves. Like they are so (laughs) engaged and they love you so much. So what has been the best part of like sharing your life and sharing your story? Oh, gosh. I think that the first time I really, really realized that God was doing something really powerful, um, with our story was a few months after Rosie had come home from China and I got a letter in the mail from her NGO, basically her orphanage where she was. And they were basically saying like, Hey, now that she's been adopted, do you want to sponsor another child? Um, because we also sponsored Rosie while Mm -hmm. we were in the process of adopting her. Mm -hmm. And so we were like, yes, of course, absolutely. Um, so we sponsored another child. And in a video, I shared that we were doing that and that if anyone was interested in sponsoring a child through this organization, here's the information. It's in the description box. Check it out. We love them. They took great care of Rosie. 
you know, organizations like this need funding. Well, within weeks, I had an email um, from sort of the director of that um, NGO saying like, hey, listen, uh, you shared about us and we have had a ton of kids sponsored. So much so that even the CEO of the company wanted to get on a call with me and just thank me for sharing about their organization um, because so many children had been sponsored in that month period um, that they couldn't believe it. And I really realized then like this power of using our voices for something good. Mm -hmm. And so we have tried to be, uh, again, we're not perfect, but we've tried to be a good steward of that and sharing about adoption. And when people message me and say that they are stepping out and their family is going to move into the adoption process or families have messaged me so many times and said, we've seen Rosie and your family and we don't think that Down syndrome is scary anymore. So mm. we're going to put that on our like list of approved, you know, things yeah. that we're willing to consider when we adopted or sending me messages and pictures. Look, here's our little baby with Down syndrome that we just adopted. Like it's just, it, it constantly humbles me and brings me to my knees. Mm -hmm. Not because I'm like, Oh, look at what we've done. Because I'm like, look at what God can do when you step aside and you let him use you in the way that he wants to use you. Because none of this is about us. None of it. It is all about him. And that is what I hope that you know, people will take away and what we, you know, continue to strive towards is just that a simple message that like, this is not about us and things we've done within our own power. This is about surrendering to God, giving him our yes and giving him our lives to do with what he wants. Yes, Um, absolutely. Well, and I think, I mean, it's 2018, like God is and can, is going to continue to use social media to move. And I think it's so weird to me that there's still this, like, there's still a little bit of, like, Instagram, YouTube, when people who are choosing to step out in faith and step out in vulnerability, he's using that platform. I shared a couple, I think it was actually, like, a month or two ago, about a girl who messaged me that she had gone to the, she had been battling depression and anxiety for a really long time. And because I'm super open about it and I'm super open about taking medicine for it, she had gone to the doctor and gotten on a prescription. I was like amazing. bawling. Yeah. Because it sometimes it can feel like you're just talking to your phone. Right. Speaking into the void. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And so that to, it just empowered me so much more having these things that God has given you a passion for and choosing to be a voice for them. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Yep. And I've loved watching y'all's story unfold in that and that it, you are giving your yes. And he is he's literally changing people's lives through social media and people sharing their stories. And it's incredible. Yep. Yep. Okay. So what do you feel like has been the biggest lie that you've had to combat in reference to social media and like living in that world? Maybe it's not something that you're like in now, but that you've at some point. I think, I think that when I first started and as things were growing, I felt like I really needed to have a very curated feed. Mm. I needed um, to really kind of hold back. I, the minute that I started offending people, I stepped back. The mm-hmm. minute that I started getting negative messages, I stepped back. And it took me a, a quite a bit of time, unfortunately, to really realize that, you know, the criticism criticism was going to come 
either way. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter what I said. Like I, like I mentioned before, you know, I was either too Christian or not Christian enough mm-hmm. or, and that's just the, you know, the tip of the iceberg to all of the things that people will point out that you are too much of or not enough of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I just really believed that lie that everything had to seem perfect. Otherwise people wouldn't want to follow you. Like, mm-hmm. and, and I really had to kind of say, no, that's not true. Like people want authenticity. Mm-hmm. They want it. They might not always receive it well immediately. It might not always be the most liked thing you'll ever do, but it is the most honest and true and valuable um, for the people that really, truly care. And that's the thing that we found was that really kind of honing in on our our true tribe of people mm-hmm. um, that were really here for the right reasons and serving them really, really well made a whip much more of a difference for us than, um, than continuing to try to sort of keep up with the Joneses of mm-hmm. Instagram, because that's, I mean, like, that's just a real thing. You oh know, if you, it, there's just so many pages on Instagram and so many quote unquote influencers, which I don't love that word either, yeah. but, um, you know, I think anybody's an influencer. I think you're right. Getting... Every single person has influence. Absolutely. Every single person has influence, whether you're influencing your neighbor or your children, everyone has influence and they're using it every single day, good or bad. Um, But, you know, in, in doing what we, you know, sort of do for a living, um, it can be very tempting to want to keep up with what everyone else is doing that said that's working for them, that's helping them grow and scale and all of these things. Mm -hmm. Um, Understanding that for me, that lie was just that I had to do all those things and simultaneously grow, 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 grow. Right. Well, and that I think when you choose vulnerability and then you get negative feedback, it's like, uh, okay, this was already hard enough. Right. Uh, I don't think I want to do this. Like, right. I'm done. <laughs> I'm yeah. done with this, you know, and there have been times where I know for me, like I've shared something vulnerable and gotten some negative pushback. And just like you were saying, it makes me want to be like, mm, yep, no, I'm done here. I'm, yeah, nope, done. Okay. I'm Lock out. it up. I'm out of here. Okay. So we are at the end of the show where we do some fun rapid fire questions. It's just three of them. Okay. What is your Enneagram number? I am a seven. You are such a seven. And it's like my favorite thing in the whole world. <laughs> I love being a seven, but I'm also, I'm married to a three. So together, we are a very interesting mix. That is an interesting combo. That's intriguing. I I know someone else who's the same situation, and she said the other day on Instagram, and my husband and I had tears. We were laughing so hard because it's (laughs) so true. Um, She basically said that, like, she is always like, oh, my gosh, I have all these great ideas. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's do this. And then her three husband figures out how to make them happen. And by the time he does, she's like, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm Let's over do something it. else. Yes. I'm over it. And oh it's totally gosh. exactly us. I I'm like, Let's do this. So Let's much. do that. He's like, okay. And, and he like, I'm like makes nah, it I'm happen. Bored. Yeah. I'm over it. Yeah. I'm what bored. is something that can always pull you out of a funk? You know, for me, I, I, I just really enjoy going for a walk. If I'm really in a funk where I'm like super annoyed with people, I am an extrovert, but I'm one of those like introverted extroverts. Mm -hmm. So I will go for a walk and listen to worship music Mm -hmm. and that I can turn myself around with that. Yes, absolutely. What is the last thing you watched on TV? Okay. Well, we are hardcore Netflix people. Yeah. However, I, let me just say this. I don't, I ha, up until this point have not watched a ton of TV, 
at all because I've been hustle, hustle, hustle. But Jesus is putting me in a place where he says, I don't want your hustle. I want your heart. Mm. So I've been giving myself more margin in my life, which has allowed time for my husband and I to enjoy a TV show together. Mm -hmm. So that is a long winded way to say that we have started watching The Blacklist. (gasps) So good. And I now know why I don't watch TV Mm. because I'm staying up until ungodly Mm -hmm. because I can't I have to know what's going to happen next. That's a bad one. Yeah. Like, Blacklist was a bad, like, cliffhanger one where, like, oh, I have to watch the next episode. Like. Yes. Yeah. I can't. It's, yeah. It's one of those things where I have to force myself and be like, get your butt in bed. (laughs) Yeah. It's so good, though. It's good. But thank you so much for carving time out of your hectic, but we're working in margin schedule. Yes. I super appreciate you being here and sharing your wisdom about making social media and motherhood work. Uh, Tell our people where to find and follow you. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me because I love you and I wish we could have done this in person. Mm, Let's make that happen. Um, But I am pretty much this gathered nest everywhere. Mm -hmm. YouTube, Instagram, I think Twitter. I might be Angela B. Mama, but I don't Twitter, so probably don't bother. Um, Facebook, this gathered nest, yeah. this gathered nest, all this the places, gathered nest, all the places, and all of those links will be in our show notes, which is at confessionsofacrappychristian.com. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast, and you can find the show notes and more information about the show at confessionsofacrappychristian.com. I'll see y'all next week. This morning, Jen woke up, made three breakfasts, did two loads of laundry, and one conference call. But she also saved $25 because Jen uses a new innovation from Huntington called Money Scout. It analyzes Jen's checking account to find money that's not being used and moves it to her savings automatically. Learn more and enroll at Huntington.com slash Money Scout. Huntington, welcome. Message and data rates may apply to text alerts. Money Scout is subject to eligibility, terms and conditions, and other account agreements. Member FDIC. Start a rewarding new career right away. Giant Eagle has immediate openings for supermarket positions, including curbside roles, get-go positions, pharmacy technicians, and warehouse workers. To find your new job and get hired in as little as one day, visit jobs.gianteagle.com.